707. I'm Brandon Boxer, and it is primary election day today. Ohioans will be choosing party nominees for the governor, the U.S. Senate, U.S. House, and a host of other state and county offices, too. Primaries for the state legislative races, by the way, are going to be held at at least this is what Frank told us yesterday was going to be August, August 2nd or something like that. But we'll get an exact date because it isn't uh, hasn't been formalized yet. And I want to welcome a gentleman who is usually on with us on Thursdays, and he will be back on Thursday as well. But someone who has been a dynamite political contributor to this show and this radio station from Opportunity Ohio, Mr. Matt Mayer. Matt, glad yeah. to have you back and in studio this morning without your donuts. Without my, So the guy makes me come in here on an extra day. <laughs> Early, and I, I walk in and no donuts, folks. I'm not sure what kind of a host that is, but... Well, I didn't know that I was dealing with a donut connoisseur. Aficionado. Yeah, aficionado. Forget yeah, it. so yeah, yeah. Okay. Snyder's in Westville. Best donuts you could possibly buy. <laughs> Shout out. Shout Look, out. Look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to all of your analysis. And if, and if you don't catch Matt on, on Thursdays, one, you really should. But there's always the podcast part of it, too. But Matt does such a great job of, of breaking down the latest polling numbers, uh, each of the candidates. I, I'm telling you, no one studies politics and these candidates more than Mr. Matt Mayer. So I'm excited to hear some of this from you today. We're also going to check in later on this hour with ABC6's uh, Mike McCarthy, who is out on location. Last check, it looks like he was in East Columbus at one of the polling places. So we're going to check in with Mike around uh, 735. Before we we lay out all of that groundwork, this story is huge. Uh, and Matt, I want to, be, because of your background in law, I want to get to this bombshell re- revelation with the Supreme Court poised now to overturn the legal right for American women to have an abortion. Um, this is this is huge. It, 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 well, what's huge is that it was leaked. It was leaked. So so the decision is not the final decision. No, correct. Uh, we correct. presume that that is near what it's going to look like, and it looks like a five, at least a 5-3 majority to overturn Roe v. Wade, but but the, the the issue here is it was leaked. Never before has that occurred. That has broken the sanctity of the Supreme Court. It was probably most likely a Sotomayor or a Kagan clerk who leaked it. Someone on the Democrat side. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, look at the reaction on on social media and everything. This is this is it. it this is just as bad as some type of of, of the one six riots. This, this is it will now forever change how the Supreme Court operates. They're, the trust is gone. Yeah. I mean, it, it is wrong in every sense of the imagination. And I hope to God the FBI for once does its job and figures out who leaked this, this, this decision. And that, that, I hope that person never gets a legal job in their life for the rest of their life. Um, so certainly it, it sounds like there was a big motive here to, it, to, yeah. to get people all riled up. Riled up and put yeah. pressure on one of the five to get them to pull off of the decision before it's actually official in probably a month or two. So th- this is all about creating pressure on the court to essentially change its mind, have one of those justices change their mind, so that way uh, it's a it's a yeah. it's a five four upholding of Roe versus uh, uh, getting rid of Roe. And again, this is basic stuff. If you read the Constitution, there is nowhere in there is there a a a, a an abortion right. It doesn't exist. Abortions occurred when the the Constitution was written. They were they were. Uh, they were outlawed in many places when the Constitution was written. So this is an issue that has always been left to the states. And people need to keep in mind, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, 
All that means it gets is it get re, it gets returned to state legislatures right, right. to deal with it in the democratic process, which is how it should have been dealt with. It won't be federally. It will, it's not going to be yeah. outlawed. Okay. They're not going right. to outlaw abortion. All right. they're saying right. is there's no constitutional right to abortion. Therefore, it's to the states to to put up their regulations uh, on on the matter, which states have already done. And I I don't suspect it'll look much different than it does today in the states. We'll continue to cover this, and I just want to add one more thing. Justice Alito, who this was what was uh, leaked this draft opinion. He said, quote, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. Uh, both of those, of course, from what, 73 and then one from the 90s, right? 92 yeah, or something. 92 was, yeah. uh, was written by uh, 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 Sandra Day O'Connor. But he went on to say it is time to something you just pointed out, Matt. It is time to heed the Constitution and the return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives that's exactly right i yeah. mean this is this this is this should not have been a hard decision back in 1973 right it should have always been a state-led issue because right the the, the theory behind the 73 decision was oh we're gonna we're gonna create uh uh we're gonna take care of this issue and, and put it to bed and instead they made it even more passionate even more difficult to deal with because then it became okay who owns who owns the five judges on the court rather than controlling the state legislatures, having the democratic process, people go through the legislative process, governors sign, made state elections and gubernatorial elections more important. That's that's how the system's supposed to work. And so this this yeah. this is a good decision if it sticks this way, but boy, that leak is just bad. It's bad it, for so many reasons. And and it's possible for a justice to change their vote from what I've read. Do, do it happens. Know, it, of yeah, course, it, you know, the yeah. way they do it is they do oral arguments. Afterwards, they go into to a chamber, the nine sit there and they kind of do a quick where are you on this thing? And then, you know, the chief justice will decide who starts to write the, the draft opinion. And that's what this then happened. Alito was, you know, there were five that put their hand up. He was selected to write the opinion and Roberts was going to probably hold back to figure out where he comes down sure. because he's more of an institutionalist. I could see him yeah. doing some type of concurrent part, dissent in part kind of thing just to appease his his institutionalism yeah. uh, that he tries to, to, to push. But But the fundamental issue is, Somebody leaked this when it got circulated, it, and it's just, it's never happened, it's never happened, and it will change how the court operates. It certainly will. It's clear there's a mole. This is not as powerful as an example as what just happened here with Roe v. Wade. But look at who leaked the memo about Justice Breyer. Remember, he, he was going to announce that he was going to retire? And uh, again, yeah, the that, White that, House that, leaked yeah, it. Yeah, the White, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's all about putting pressure. They're just trying to push people off the court or get people to change their mind, and and you know this 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 will create uh, the threat of violence for those five justices. Don't don't kid yourself that it won't. Unbelievable. Matt Mayer's with us, president of Opportunity Ohio, of course, also our political contributor. And today is primary day. Today we are your primary election guide. Ohio is the center of the political world today, and we're going to be heard about all over the nation, if not the world, deciding on some pretty contentious races for U.S. senator and governor. How about the U.S. Senate primary election? I mean, the Republicans alone have spent almost $66 million in this race. $16 million alone from uh, uh, Gibbons. Yeah, 60, $66 million for wow. primary. And and now wait till the general. We're, we're, this thing's going to go well north of $100 million for so a Senate race. Do, do you see more money being spent in the general election after this is oh, done? F- for sure, because wow. I think you're going to see a bloodied Republican come out of the primary. You're going to see Tim Ryan nice and clean. And then I think, depending on who wins, the Democrats are going to put this as the, the top race in the country, is my guess, because I think they, yeah. if, depending on who wins, they'll see a, an opportunity to try to pull pull that into the Democrat column. And if they do that, we can talk, we'll talk about this yeah, later, but I absolutely. think it, 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 it 
makes it more likely they'll keep a 50-50 Senate, which means with the vice president, the Dems control. I have a clip from Gibbons, but before we do that, this is where we're at with the U.S. Senate race, at least on the, the GOP side, Matt. Uh, J.D. Vance got a bump from the endorsement from Trump. Uh, and then after that, you have Mandel. And is it still Gibbons? Or I've heard a surge now from no, it's, uh, Dolan. No, it's not. Dolan's in second. Dol- Josh is Dolan's now in third. second. Yeah, okay, Dolan's so Josh has dropped. Yeah, okay. Dolan's in second at 22%. So he had a surge. Uh, in what in well, we can talk about this, yeah, but yeah. his surge is is the undecided voters are breaking for Dolan, and I think there are a couple reasons for that. Um, I think reason number one is, you know, he's he's got the never Trump lane. That's his lane, right? I'm, Correct. Right. Okay. So right, number right. And, and I think what you saw is that sixty six million dollars in those ads, most of the Vance, uh, Mandel, uh, Timken, and Gibbons ad have a negative slant and and some attack components to it. They've ignored you know, Matt Dolan, so he's just been walking through the park by himself right? And, and putting his ads up saying, I'm all about Ohio, this is what it's about, while the other ones have been kind of engaging some of that, that toxicity stuff. Correct. And I think the sheer volume of that has led people to kind of those undecideds to say, I'm going to go with this guy over here. And I think that's why you've seen a, a breaking of the undecideds towards Dolan. It's interesting. Is it still a high percentage of undecided? Last check was, for me, it was 25%. Down Is to still, nine. It's down to nine now. Yeah, which means if so. those continue to break for Dolan, it's possible he could he could eke out a one, two-point win today. Let's play a clip from Dolan because you, you gave a great example. When he was in studio a week ago, he talked about his campaign um, instead of fighting with others, and he clearly laid that out in some of his commercials, how he's all about Ohio. This is a U.S. Senate job from Ohio for Ohio, and I have been relentless in my, my message. You know, others haven't been. So I have distinguished myself in the sense that I am talking about going to end inflation, get border security, stop the Biden administration in its tracks because it's taking America down a road we don't want to go down. So we need someone to go to Washington who actually is can get things done. And not only have I distinguished myself on the campaign, but I am distinguished because I have gotten conservative results. I have lowered taxes, reduced regulations, expanded school choice, invested in the police. I have been put in leadership by Republicans to get things done, and I've done it. So it's, it's interesting. That's, uh, by the way, Matt Dolan running for U.S. Senate. Uh, you know, Matt, when it comes to you know, Ohio, he pretty much laid it all out. He, while the others are fighting, he's like, Hey, I've been in the trenches. This is what I've been doing. Yeah. I didn't realize he was governor though. The, the, the way he talks, I've cut taxes. <laughs> I've done this. It's like, uh, you were one guy. You in were the one guy. Right. Yeah, please. Uh, so I get it. I mean, we all like, you know, everybody right, takes right. credit for everything. He, you know, he did this, uh, I forget the name of the tour that he was on recently, but he, I, I asked him about the top concerns for voters. And I want to see if this aligns with what you're seeing in your research. I think. Top concerns for voters? Top no? two concerns by far have been inflation and border security. Uh, and inflation, you could also throw in energy. We've got to get back to energy independence. I mean, it, it, it is terrible that we have Democrats wanting to close Line 5, that Biden closed the Keystone Pipeline. Now, those are distribution models. People say, well, what's that have to do with the gas prices and oil prices? Well, if you can't get your product to the refinery, you can't deliver it to the to consumers. And that's how we were delivering our gas and oil. So when you shut that down, you shut down the incentive to drill and to mine for, for our base load energy. And instead, we have to rely on, on Iran, Venezuela. Second, and I think it's going to show next Tuesday, is that I'm the, they're recognizing I'm the only one who's been focused on issues that matter to them. 
So would you agree with what he said there, the, the, the top concerns for voters in Ohio? Yeah, I think economy with inflation in there. Uh, I think border security is definitely up there. Um, you know, you, you've got some folks that are concerned about jobs, as, as always, right? Um, but yeah, so I think that's, and, you know, energy is all part of the economy because if, if energy's a problem, the economy is a problem. I mean, you, you have, whenever there's an energy spike, you have a recession. Like yeah. it's, it's, you know, for decades now. Um, so he's, he's right about that, but he's not the only one talking about it. Other folks no, are talking yeah, about it, but yeah. he's, but he has been fo- talking about it more than others because others have also been talking, of course, about, you know, Donald Trump, I'm the America first guy uh, or gal. And so, um, so yeah, he's, he's definitely focused more on those issues than, than others have. Uh, and you know, I think he's being rewarded with that undecided vote breaking towards him, uh, in the last kind of three days of the election. Boy, this is incredible. Matt Mayers with his president of Opportunity Ohio, also our 610 WTV and political contributor. One thing, Matt, with the U.S. Senate race in Ohio we've seen is this race to see who's the, the Trumpiest. Right. Uh, and, and who's closely aligned with Trump. You know, we asked Josh Mandel uh, last week. We, we know well aware of, of what he's been like. We asked him about this Trump endorsement that went to J.D. Vance. Listen, I'm confident I'm going to win the Republican primary, and I'm looking forward to working with President Trump to beat Tim Ryan and the Democrats in November. And more important than that, I'm looking forward to working with President Trump to advance the America First agenda. You know, the the leftists, the corporate media, and a lot of the rhino, squishy establishment Republicans, they think America First is is just a slogan. It's not a slogan. It is a governing philosophy. When it comes to the border, America first means putting our people ahead of foreigners, not because we hate people from other countries, but because we love America. We love our family. We love our friends, our communities. We want to keep them safe. So Josh Bandel posts this endorsement by Trump with J.D. Vance isn't backing down. Matter of fact, he's intensified his fight here. Well, he kind of had to because uh, what happened on, on social media is a bunch of clips coming out about, you know, Josh being a bit uh, squishy himself, uh, right, including right. this, you know, book was written by David Cant- Cantonese to sit saying that Josh essentially was calling Mitch McConnell and kind of saying, I've only adopted the America first Trump stuff uh, because that's where I need to do to get to win the primary. But, you know, I don't, I'm not really into it. Uh, so that started hitting social media pretty hard and the other candidates started hitting Josh on that. So that's why I think Josh stayed, stayed very wedded to the, the pro Trump uh, you know, America first kind of campaign rhetoric because I think he kind of had to or he knew he yeah. was going to start losing some support. And that's why he's, I think, in third place, not first or second at this point.